brought to you by Brass and Unity. We make wearable conversation starters. Our new buddy check packs are available now. Grab one and check on one of your closest buddies. They may need it now more than ever. Go to brassandunity.com, use the code UNITY and get 20% off. And let's all heal together. And brought to you by Combat Flip Flops. Bad for running and even worse for fighting. Combat flip-flops are your ticket to the unarmed forces by providing you with military-inspired quality footwear for men and women. To help support the podcast and in support of women in developing countries, head over to combatflipflops.com and become a part of their unarmed forces today. Be sure to use the code UNITY at checkout and get 25% off. And brought to you by GFDA. Good fucking design advice. The voice in your head and the foot up your ass. GFDA makes prints, drinkware, and apparel for people who want to do their fucking best. Go and use the code UNITY and get 10% off now on anything on their site, including our collaborative product, Fucking Help Somebody. And brought to you by Daisy May Hat Co., the custom hat company based in Nashville, Tennessee. They make custom one-of-a-kind hats from wide-brimmed fedoras to cowboy hats. All of their hats are 100% beaver felt, and it's the highest quality hat you can get. They also have the coolest shirts ever. You can use the code BRASS at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Go and check out daisymayhats.com. Embrace the fever. Live the dream. And brought to you by American Yogi. In a world increasingly driven toward the grind, find your outlet for peace. American Yogi is a mindfulness-based apparel and wellness brand with international retreats, free classes, and rad clothing and accessories to support you along life's journey. Find American Yogi on Instagram at liveamericanyogi or at americanyogi.com. American Yogi is proud to support the Brass and Unity podcast and its community with the code BRASS15. Join the mindful counterculture. Live American Yogi. Kat and Nat are on the show from the Misunderstood podcast, and these are two human beings that I have been thrilled and could not wait to have on the show. You guys recently had uh, a clip come out that I had to actually stop um, pull in my diaphragm so I wouldn't pee myself because you haven't had a baby yet, but I will tell you right now, once you do, you will pee yourself. <laughs> often when you're laughing. And mm -hmm. so Great. it was about made. Mm. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, if you are oh knowing now, you are in for it. So why don't you two <laughs> do my listeners a huge favor and tell them who the hell you are because I think you two are fantastic human beings. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Who are we, Kat? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm Kat, and this is Nat, and we work for Rebel News. And um, about a year ago, we Rebel News does a live stream every day, um, and we host it together. And we got some mixed reviews. Mm -hmm. Some people <laughs> loved it, and a lot of the audience was like, no, this is horrible. So uh, the higher-ups <laughs> decided, maybe you guys don't do that, but we'll do your own show. <laughs> Um, where you can specifically target an audience, which for us was um, aimed to be like young people, mm -hmm. younger than millennials, uh, Gen Zers, who are maybe feeling a little bit misunderstood in the culture that they're living in, where they're being force fed certain ideas and told that responsibility doesn't matter and they should just, you know, love themselves yeah. and they're perfect the way they are. Exactly. And I mean, you should love yourself. We will, we can talk about that more, but this, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot the whole self-love thing where it's just like, you're, per you're born perfect and you change nothing. It's like, well, I don't necessarily you're, align with that. You're not. Um, and, here, yeah. and here we are like a year later, we still have a show and we love doing it. And, um, we yeah. get on well, I think. 
I think we're, I think we get on well. I think yeah. we get, I like We you. do actually, it's funny though, because we do still do the live streams together. Yes, now we do. Which is hilarious. <laughs> Some of the but, comments yeah. are just like these bimbos and it's like, just, we, yeah. that's another thing. Like when we've noticed, like when uh, two men do the live stream and they talk about sports or whatever. Or culture. Or culture. Everyone's like, oh, that's so funny and interesting. But then when we do it, it's like, oh, like why are, you ta- why are these bimbos talking culture about Culture doesn't matter. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. oh, that's sexist though. Well, listen, if it makes you feel any better, I'm in the world of podcasting in the military, predominantly in America with the type of individuals I have on the show. I say Mm -hmm. quite literally the same things in a different tone. My husband says, you say it with emotion. So that's why they don't listen. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. People don't like, uh, people don't like it when people add too much to the way they say words, I guess. Too much spice that's that's sad and pathetic and i'm sorry it hurts your little juvenile egotistical ears but that's not really my problem the facts are the facts and you can either get on board or get out so i like you too because the facts that you guys spew and also the way you do it you're two peas in a pod you ping pong off of each other i haven't seen a lot of co-hosts that have a positive energy in the way that you two um go with one another it's like your ones finishing each other's sentences and maybe it's because you've worked together before or maybe it's because you tolerate each other outside the studio but you two genuinely have like a lightness about each other when it comes to putting you in the room and i think that's what makes that's what made me catch on was i was i'm a big fan of rebel news i have been forever we came out in February. Oh, that sounds intense. It's going to be a bad clip. I did not come out. I'm super straight. (laughs) Um, We came out in February uh, during the, during the pullout. And uh, I made a point, a very aggressive point of putting my company on the line and making a sign when in our community, we have this person called veteran with a sign. He holds a cardboard sign and he brings up issues that need to be paid attention to and people pay attention to them. So I said, I'm going to make a sign I'm going to put my name on it. I'm going to put my company's name behind it. Let's see what happens. And so my parents are long haul truck drivers. And so obviously I wasn't going to let that fly. And I said, you know, hold the line. And um, I live on the border in British Columbia where the protests were happening along our border as well, literally right beside my home. I was the only one in our cul-de-sac to go and participate because everybody else were surgeons, doctors, or old people who think that everything's perfectly normal in this world. Um, And uh, walked my way over there while smoking a joint. They're like, where are you going? I'm like, where the fuck do you think I'm going? Um, So I, I did that sign came up, website crash, podcast crash, everything crashed. Then we found out about BC, uh, BC 11. And that's when I got a lovely phone call from somebody that worked in the government that was like, your shit's going to be, uh, torched down for a little while. You've been, you've been making a little bit of noise that people don't like to hear. Oh my wow. gosh. That is so sinister. I didn't even think they were doing that yet. I thought oh. they were still just threatening it. Cause what? Wow. That is so shocking. We're so out of it. I yeah. really thought that they were just like threatening to do it and still talking about it. And like it was, yeah, yeah, they're listen, actually. We're just threatening to do other things like kill our citizens. But we yes. start with the veterans because we're great guinea pigs. Of course. Oh, there's nothing more compassionate than killing someone who served their country. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yep. I know. And you know, what's really sad is I know the two whistleblowers and uh, one of them's coming on the show this week. 
And um, I know the, the original whistleblower who won't say his name. He's a special operator too, which is really great. So they spend hundreds of thousands of dollars making you one of the most dangerous human beings on the face of this planet. And then they're like, instead of TBI treatment, how about we just die? And he's like, I don't really want to. And they're like, what if we call you four more times and push it a little and let's see how that works out. That is so oh. disgusting. I know that, um, who is it? Is it one of our reporters, one of the female reporters here is doing a story where they're talking, I think it's Tamara doing a story where she's talking to someone who's listing all these people and the, the number of people, veterans who have been like encouraged to sign up for medical assisted or medical assistance and death. Mm -hmm. And it's she like, should I can't probably Sorry, reach out to me because I feel like she's probably missing a big chunk. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely get her in touch with you because yeah. it's so and so important. I think people don't know that this is going on in our own country. I think it. I think a lot of people, like even when we made our funny skit that you mentioned, kind of poking fun at it, people were like, "This is not serious. This isn't happening in this country," and it, it quite literally is. And one of the reasons we even made our skit was because we we were reading that teenagers on TikTok are talking about when they turn 18 they will be able to apply for this because they are suffering from depression or another mental illness and it's like th these youth literally feel like they have no hope and the government is giving them a way out it's there's nothing loving or compassionate about that like why can't no. we help people it's just well, so it's so shocking and like enraging well, let's take it a step further since we're on this topic and then we'll tangent offwards. It's kind of my shtick. I'm really excited to have you too because these are conversations I want to have on a regular ongoing basis. But unfortunately, when I do start talking about topics like this with other guests, they're like, Mur. and I'm like, I get it. But guess what happens in the world? If you don't talk about things, bad things continue to happen. We've seen it yep. with quite literally any other thing that has happened in the world. So for those who don't fully understand in Canada, most of our, our listeners are 86% American. So bear with me in Canada, as of March, 2023, if you were the age of 18 or with parent consent down to the age of 12, you can choose to medically assist die. You can walk into somewhere and within 24 to four days be deemed mentally unwell enough to be like, I'm going to take my life. And then a doctor's going to come over with a lovely little syringe and you're going to peace out. Or if you work for Simon's department store and their ad campaign, you're going to be like, no bubbles. And I'm going to stand on the beach. And then I'm going to be strong enough to end my own life. No motherfucker. You are killing people. You are mm -hmm. killing children and you are killing adults. And since 2016, Maid has killed 10,016 people in Canada alone. It has gone up tenfold since this has kind of started to come out and they started mm -hmm. offering it to veterans as of 2021. And we have audio recordings and we have written testimony as well as a testimony and a court proceedings went on in Ottawa and they straight lied and said it was one case manager. When we know for a fact, it's been a minimum of three. Um, the really troubling fact about this that you two touch on, and this is why I do love what you guys do is you bring this kind of satire to it that does alleviate the depressive conversation of killing our own citizens. That is something that I struggle with doing. So I want to go through a little bit about why you guys started doing what you're doing, why you guys are putting yourself out on the line here and, and, and why rebel out of all places, why rebel? 
I mean, I think Re- for me, Rebel kind of found me in a way. Um, so that's, I mean, mm-hmm. I, had, I had known about Rebel News, but I had already had a pretty good job. And then I started a podcast during the pandemic um, and I ended up interviewing Maxime Bernier. I mean, who hasn't? Let's be honest. I haven't. Yeah, okay. I haven't. Not, she's next. Okay, <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you're next. But at the time, it kind of seemed like, sorry? They never answered my phone calls. Continue. Oh. <laughs> You're too cool. That's why. Um, anyway, so then I did my interview with Maxine Bernier, and then I ended up meeting someone who works kind of higher up here. And he messaged me one day, and he was like, "Hey, we're we're like hiring for these positions." And we both actually got hired not doing journalism. We both do behind the scenes stuff as well. People at Rebel kind of wear a lot of hats. hats. Yeah. So, and then from there, we kind of just yeah. But like Nat said, she had a podcast. Um, can we say the name of it? No. Sure. It's funny. It was called Info Whores. <laughs> <laughs> it was like not good. I felt like I listened to it before I ever met Nat because I like it's just so funny and it was pink. It was just so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to do YouTube videos myself like back in like 2016 and they were just so cringy now that I watch them. They're just like me <laughs> staring at it into a camera like five reasons why the Berkeley riots are like whatever. I remember back in the <laughs> anyways. Um, and then I applied to Rebel like multiple times, uh, got rejected <laughs> multiple times because <laughs> Ezra was like or like the boss here was like, you're not really what we're looking for. Um, and then I got hired as a video editor, and then eventually Nat and I just kind of wormed our way into this yeah. like on camera position. We basically like, forced yeah. ourselves <laughs> onto the company. You didn't want us to be on camera talent, and guess what? We're gonna do. Yeah. So we'll show you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that's why Rebel. But I think for me personally, like why we do this and why we put ourselves on the line is just like, I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Like I have, I'm very vocal. I've been vocal on Twitter and Facebook. I don't use Facebook anymore, but I have burned every bridge. Every employer, past employer now knows how I feel about things. I used to work in advertising, so did Nat. And uh, I remember they had this this policy of no politics, no religion uh, talk in the office, but it was okay. <laughs> if you had the one perspective and mm-hmm. everyone was like passing memes around like oh orange man bad this and that and and i just kept my mouth shut for as long as i could but it be, it began to eat at me and um eventually when i was hired here i was like i have nothing to lose like i'm not going back to that job i can never go back so <laughs> i don't i yeah, have nothing to lose i would say for me too i'm 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 kind of the same i i have nothing to lose and i think my like we're both christians and i think that empowers us to kind of be bold as lions so to speak and maybe put our reputations on the line but also i just noticed that there was such a lack of uh, there was really no platform for young people as we kind of cat touched on earlier and there are the future of this country and we talk about this on the show all the time but people like society just seems to hate young people and children and all we do is throw stones at them all day long and we wanted to create something that was digestible and fun and kind of silly um, for them to come and learn about things that are happening not only in their country but in the world and just be able to learn how to i think properly criticize culture but also still appreciate parts yeah, of like it like mend the gap between like yeah old, like old school conservatism 
you know, you don't see a lot of stylish mother effers yeah. walking around. That's why back in the day, I really liked Milo Yiannopoulos. And it's unfortunate how, what a fall from grace he's had recently. Um, <laughs> not so recently. But you don't see a lot of stylish, cool people like yourself who are are speaking out against the mainstream narrative and who have, like, balls. And um, who like art and fashion exactly. and culture and like there was this divide where it's like if you're conservative like you you don't like that stuff because yeah. it's degenerate but there you don't it doesn't have to be it doesn't like being stylish and cool and like liking pop music and being a part of the cultural conversation doesn't have to be degenerate you can look at it with a, a conservative lens but you can still appreciate the cool finer points and yeah i think especially because like politics is downstream from culture and i think a lot of conservatives in this country uh tend to think it's not the case when of course it is because look at how cultures influenced people during the pandemic mm -hmm. even or how what we see with gender ideology and, and how everything. it affects people's voting like yeah. that's why they use celebrities i mean it's mostly the states we don't have a ton of that going on in canada but you see those cheesy uh psas with like the celebrities that are like it's time it's vote. time yeah. it's time to vote yeah exactly yeah, yeah the sticker yeah I'm like i know who you voted for yeah <laughs> yeah I, you vote you're telling people to vote but you're not really telling them to yeah. use the reins are you so no, we wanted to bridge that gap well it's i mean you are bridging it and i think the difference between you two and other individuals bridging it is you give a softer side to conservatism like let me give you an example i've had um Jack Posebeck on the show a couple of times and um, he's with Turning Points. Turning and, Points, yeah. Yeah, and I've had Morgan Sagers and I've, you know, I've had some individuals on from America that are definitely more right-wing and um, it's, it's fascinating to watch the difference. Uh, when you're talking to individuals like that, you get definitely a, a harder, more, yeah, they're, they're definitely way more conservative, I would think, than both of you in the way that you guys mm -hmm. go about things. And don't get me wrong, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there definitely is uh, tier levels when it comes to conservatism. Um, Canada itself seems like, oh, I, I'm shocked and awed to find any conservatives, to be honest with you, um, or people who are conservative that will be open and honest and willing to have that conversation while still within Canada. I know, I believe it's Bill C., 37 or 36, which is being going through right now. And it states that if you speak badly about the government, about made, about all of these things, like you can be put in jail and there's some really great, awesome, awesome we'll see things. you there. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> can we share a cell? Like, yeah. yes, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but that's what I'm saying is like, it's, it's hard pressed to find. And what I realized uh, was that as I grew in America, I realized that I do love my country. I did fight for it. I am willing to fight for it again because I've been offered places to move, leave, leave Canada immediately. I've people email me on a regular basis. Why are you still there? I said, because if I need to leave, I got people that'll pull me. Like, I'm not worried about passports. I'm not worried about getting point A to B. I'm fine with that. I'll handle that. But what I love, is that I'm starting to discover a different side of Canada. This show is giving me the opportunity to see that there are Canadians who do feel the same way I feel, who do understand that there's something bigger going on and they're not being conspiratorial or dramatic or over the top, but they're being honest. And for once they're being honest in a way that people our age can wrap our brains around and say, it's acceptable to have these conversations. It's acceptable to point out that it's 
not okay that we're we're going down this path. It's it's not okay that our government is currently highly funded by the CCP and it's provable. It's not okay that Trudeau is in their back pocket. It's not okay that Canada has some of the most amount of hidden police CCP locations in Canada, in Vancouver, in British, in um, Toronto. It's not okay that our government is paying and bailing out the only media source we have. And when that media source called CBC or CTV or Global call you to do an interview during the Afghan pullout and you tell them the truth of what's going on, they get a phone call the next morning and say, sorry, we can't interview anymore because we've been told that there's a media blackout during the snap election that was pulled while we left over 3000 Canadians sitting now in hiding from the Taliban. But we send planes over and send them home empty. So Here's what angers me is there's stuff going on that nobody's willing to talk about. And if I'm completely honest with you, I feel alone as fucking Canada. I feel alone. I feel mm -hmm. like people aren't getting it. I feel like I'm the angry person who rants at a microphone for the rest of the world to pay attention to, but Canada isn't getting the point. No. Yeah. I feel you on that for yeah. sure. No, it's true. It's very isolating here. And I think that's why it's so important for young women like us to come forward because as you said it kind of creates a safe space for young people to be like hey it's okay to question things it's okay to research things it's okay to question the science and i think that's why what you do is obviously so important and hopefully what we do <laughs> what you guys do is more important than you realize what you guys do is make people like me feel less alone and i will tell you that's all that my company stands for is keeping people alive and making people feel like they're a part of a community. So you've achieved that. At least with one of your listeners, you both have achieved that significantly. And I'm grateful for that because well, this space, well, you're welcome. It's whatever. <laughs> it's this space can be um, empty sometimes in the feeling mm -hmm. that it is. It's you two have one another, right? Mm -hmm. And when I sit yeah. here and have these conversations and I, most of the time I talk to people from all over the world and they're like, oh, I didn't know that was going on. Oh, I didn't know that was going on. I'm like, are we just, are we, are we in a, yeah, like are we in a Yelling into capsule? the void. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. We are yelling into the void to some extent. So you guys have touched on some topics. You touch on all the topics. I love your blitz, by the way. <laughs> that is... <laughs> The blitz has got to be one of my favorite things if I haven't caught up on stuff and I turn that on and I just giggle while I'm doing things. I think it's brilliant. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I think you two have something special. It just needs more eyes. And I think that's coming. I think just give yourself some time, but you guys touched on something that I think is important to talk about that. Um, most people won't touch with a 10 foot hole. I went to make a joke earlier and then I didn't, but I'm gonna make it now. You called me a woman. <laughs> oh, are you trying to get yourself canceled? Like, uh, are you, are you sure you're allowed to call people women and men anymore? It's <laughs> a great question. Actually. <clears throat> I think it's not legal in Canada. I'm probably. pretty sure it's like illegal what we do. Yeah. <laughs> like like we literally are, we call, we are criminals. Yeah. We're criminals, <laughs> but take, it's fine. Take us away. Guilty take as charged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, oh. we talk about, um, the, trans issue a lot and again neither nat or i have a problem with trans people adults who want to live as a certain i have no problem with that and i we do use pronouns for people who we sometimes yeah like for <laughs> there are certain trans people who i have no problem referring to them as their preferred pronoun because i respect them as people someone like blair white 
for instance. Right. Um, there's others I can't think of right now, but I have no problem with that because I think what she's doing is good. And I guess that's just like a personal subjective opinion where I'm like, I, I appreciate what you're doing. I don't always agree with all your takes, but it's like a conviction thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then there are people who I think are bad actors who we talk about this a lot. Um, Leah Thomas, who, Dylan Mulvaney, Dylan Mulvaney, like, I don't see a woman when I look at Dylan Mulvaney, who is a, I guess, TikToker. A, yeah, is a TikToker who got to go to the White House and talk to President Biden about girlhood. <laughs> I think that was one of the topics that they yes. talked about. Because Dylan Mulvaney identifies as a girl, by the way, not, not a, woman, a woman, even though this is an, an adult male, well, yeah. biological male yeah. identifying Which as a woman. Which is creepy in itself. Yeah. Um, I have, again, no problem with Dylan living however Dylan wants to live. Wear a dress. I don't care. Are you making a caricature out of women? Is it insulting? Sure. But like, that shouldn't be illegal. That's not my position. Like I, I can do a caricature of someone and it shouldn't be illegal. I just have no respect for that individual. And I think there's outside of that, there's dangerous elements of it where you're putting intact males who are sex offenders in women's prisons and people don't want to talk about that yeah and it's disturbing it's to, to us it's just hopefully <laughs> it's to more disturbing. people than us but yeah, yeah it's yeah it's pretty icky but it's not okay, something so, that's talked about well let's talk about it let's yeah. talk about it let's talk about canadian prisons and how we put sex offenders with other vulnerable women <clears throat> i'm mm-hmm. not saying those women are super all innocent i mean if no no time for you know murdering someone i'm not saying that it should be all rosy and great for you but like being somebody who's done a criminology degree who's walked through prisons to see them having their own washing machines and tvs and hbo and lots of different lovely things that most of our homeless veterans and or homeless individuals don't even get um Mm -hmm. you know i struggle with that but in saying that nobody should at any point in their life be put in a dangerous situation where somebody who has offended which has been prosecuted offended uh and then be put in a cell where you literally cannot leave yeah yeah especially because i mean how do you define like if just because somebody wakes up one day and they're like i'm a woman how like what what defines a woman like we've totally blurred those lines in our society and i think that's why it's so dangerous because you know that these people are like these biological males who are encroaching on female prisons are doing it because they want to have a more chill time in prison i'm assuming i've heard men on podcasts joke about that i think i was listening to joe rogan and they were like how stupid do you have to be to be a man in prison and not identify like if you have a life sentence how stupid do you have to be to not identify as a woman and get put in the female prison even if you're not not gonna you know be rapey about it it's just a way more chill environment it's the same with even to lighten it up a little, uh, Leah Thomas in, in uh, the swimming, pen, pen yeah. swimmer, of, like, of why the heck wouldn't this person yeah. do that? They were fifth, 500th or whatever, and now yeah. they're like in the top, you know, two, one. Yeah. They're the number one. I don't know. But it's like, of course they would. Yeah. Like, you got to take those opportunities, right? <laughs> Well, we've created a society that's left the door open for this ridiculous rhetoric that's dangerous if if at a bare minimum it's dangerous behavior. In Canada, we uh, in America and I think one uh, one other major country are we allow people like pharmaceutical companies to advertise over 70% of our advert our ads are are for pills and antidepressants and all of these things. I mean, we understand that there is a uh, what's the word I'm looking for when you're on television, there is a board that looks at what's acceptable for TV. But yet we seem to find it acceptable to um, knowingly 
change individual and children's most vulnerable who should be protected, not exploited, most vulnerable children. We, we give them and put in front of their faces these ads, these commercials, these books in schools, these SOGI programs. We put all of these things in front of very malleable, tiny humans and say, we don't really want to fuck you up, but let's try and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, 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 we always say that children are unconsenting subjects to adults, like weird societal experiments. And it's so unfair and it's so evil. But I think one of the reasons why they're targeting children is because we talk about this on the show a lot is because they're customers for life. Once you, mm -hmm. once your three-year-old starts taking puberty blockers and then it just spirals down from there, they're going to have health issues forever mm -hmm. oh, like man. Yeah, it's, way, it's way more profitable yeah. to go after a three or ten year old than it is to a 60 year old right oh yeah 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 i mean we got a, we got a few years left yeah yeah well look mm -hmm. at sesame street right they started that a long time ago right where they started you know bringing up these uh, really ridiculous conversations with children and for some reason nobody seems to stop it the puberty blockers are fascinating to me uh recently this week the uh, for, for the life of me, this is my TBI brain. So one minute, um, the individual who created avatar, I know you ladies know about yeah, James Cameron. Yeah. James Cameron, who came out and said that the world should be rid of testosterone. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. Let's just take, I'm going to take a hot second. I'm going to take a mm, beat on that because here's <laughs> the thing. Most of our community, uh, veterans, military, first responders, uh, professional athletes who have smashed their head off things or been exposed to blasts have these things called minor or major or traumatic brain injuries. When that happens, your body starts bottoming out and your testosterone or your hormones crash. You quite literally can die from this. My husband almost died from it last year. So testosterone is incredibly imperative for a male body to run successfully. And when you start messing with hormones early, people do not fully understand the extent of how legitimately dangerous when somebody like Matt Walsh comes out and does that amazing documentary, like Matt Walsh and I do not agree on probably, there's probably a good 30% where I was like, oh, that's yeah. too far. I'm yeah. a recovering Catholic. <laughs> That's too far. I can't go there. Um, but when he starts having the conversations with people about puberty blockers and doctors during his documentary saying, oh, there's no problem with it. I'm sorry. Anybody who has been through any sort of issues dealing with hormones, women, especially after babies, you will yeah. understand the significance that something like a little hormone that has no damage can just wreak havoc on a human being's body. So this rhetoric and this conversation that's happening with people, especially those who are prominent in, in Hollywood and have the reach like James Cameron to come out and say something as dangerous and disgusting as that and then for it to get picked up by every major news outlet you guys got to help me understand you got to help me understand how how you how you view this how you two are seeing this because again i'm over here smashing my head against these walls going why is this happening yeah, yeah. well it's just like you were just saying we, as soon as you mess with hormones even a tiny little bit like matt and i uh we did an episode recently which is not yet released because we're pre-recording for my mat leave, but um, on birth control. And, you know, birth control has many positives and I would never tell anyone not to go on birth control um, because I we've mentioned before, we think it's probably a, a better option than 
not being on birth control and then having to have an abortion. Um, but they don't tell you what's in that. They pretend that it's a natural hormone where we've talked about there's no natural hormones in birth control. It's, it's not progesterone, it's progestins. There's all these health complications with it. And it's just about informed consent. Like I was put on birth control when I was 19. The doctor was like, oh, you're not on birth control? You need birth control. You obviously need, you need it. You you're have like, to, you're I'm in university, you have to. I'm a nerd to. and I'm not having sex. I yeah, don't exactly. need birth control. <laughs> yeah, exactly. active. But they were like, it doesn't yeah. matter. That doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to be, so I was like, okay. And then I was all moody. I lost a bunch of weight. And then they were like, I went back and they were like, oh, you need a different one. Like at no point did they say, maybe this isn't for you. Yeah. Or maybe we should take your blood. Maybe we should talk about your family history, your mental history. None of that was discussed. It was just like, oh, this is the popular brand that probably they were getting paid to push. Oh, 100%. that doesn't work. Here's the next popular brand. Like, yeah. And it was mm. a tiny little bit of estrogen or whatever is in progestin that's in there. And it was messing me up. And so I can't even imagine what children are going through that are putting on puberty blockers who are supposed to be experiencing puberty yeah. naturally. It's very distressing. It is distressing. And I think just on the um, the James Cameron testosterone thing, I don't understand how a male could have such a disdain for testosterone when that's literally part of what makes him male. And it just speaks to how all these Hollywood people, and I guess men included, just like hate themselves or something. Like, I don't yeah. understand the weird attack on masculinity. And Especially when he made his money right. on movies that have these strong, strong male, male protagonists yeah. who are high yeah. T. That women love they always get the girl in the end yeah. to fight the bad guy it's like, so true like that's what made leo hot like yeah. was titanic so you're like yeah that's a man yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know uh, he literally well, i wouldn't use titanic as a man reference he looks like a smoke <laughs> there i mean i was it. like super young when yeah when i was a teenager um, and i was like he's just, he was he, he was, was a super babe. cute yeah a lot well, yeah, changed I, yeah a I'm lot's changed. changed yeah now yeah. he's just a, he's just a, a, a Tiny man whore, but that's different. Who's yeah, blown yeah. up a little? It's okay though. Yeah. Well, listen, he's got every right. I mean, the guy can act with his ass off, so I'll, I'll give him. Yeah, that I do. One. I do enjoy him as an actor. Yeah, but as a human, it's like Ooh. he's very cringe as a human. But yeah, the point is, is like James Cameron made his money selling yeah. male sexuality and testosterone. Yeah, and female as well, and people love it. And then now it's like it's just like. Um, I find this a lot with comedians where I used to do stand up very unsuccessfully, but I'm sorry, this... wait, are there clips of this that I need <laughs> to know about? I, I don't think so. I have some set aside for blackmail, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't. It was like a long time ago. Um, but I noticed that someone like Sarah Silverman, who got famous being edgy and controversial and even doing blackface herself, uh, you get to a certain level of success and then you kind of you step through the door and you close it behind you and that's sort of what the gatekeepers yeah exactly they're like oh that's not like trevor noah's done it like all of these comedians have done it and and james cameron's doing it in a way too because he's like oh i know i exploited not exploited but i know i used profited profited yeah. off of testosterone and estrogen and and sexy young people doing explosive things and but it's too much now and yeah. i'm gonna put a stop to it because it's toxic like, but i just i don't understand do do men just hate themselves i don't understand why I think we're all tr i think they want they want everyone they want us to hate ourselves because then we're more 
we're consumers. Yeah, I totally get that. But there's just such a, a clear attack on masculinity. I mean, you're- you, And femininity. Yeah, for sure. But like, just, we, we hate dads. You know, dads are moms. the worst. They're the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, men who do like open a door for a woman, they yeah, can't do that anymore. Yeah, um, men who rape. pursue a woman respectfully, it's creepy or whatever it is. There's just so many, there's countless examples. Young men, like how, how young men with energy are supposed to be basically feminized yeah where like you're not like, allowed oh, to little, rough, rough. like young women do much better in school because they're they're better at sitting still for long hours of time i was not one of those unfortunately um but Welcome generally women do better young girls do better at school because they can sit for longer and pay attention and, and put their hand up when better attention to. span yeah. but boys are not allowed to exercise their aggression put have a, a a healthy way to exercise that and it's like it's toxic it's a toxic trait to be a boy it's i totally get what you're yeah, saying yeah i just find it odd it's sad it's not it's only sad. odd and sad it's it's gross i have a son yeah. who's six mm. um he's adamant that he is a boy and anybody who has long, <laughs> he has long blonde curly hair you know and he he gets often mistaken for a girl if we're standing someone behind right your daughter's so beautiful he will <laughs> whip his head around <laughs> i am a boy my name is jack and I'm like, oh, that's correct. I didn't even need to try that. That was just natural <laughs> there. But the difference is, is when I feel like uh, there's this gross pressure on parents. And here, just go with me on this. I recently deleted TikTok, mainly because, you know, I enjoy a little bit of privacy and not having my data sucked up from every piece of technology that's localized in the room, especially with some of the individuals I hang out with. It's probably best that the it's CCP fair. don't have that. Um, so <laughs> I recently deleted it and come to find out that, you know, apparently everyone's telling me, well, everything will fail now because you're not TikToking. Um, and I have been watching some really gross behavior on there before I took it down. And really what it came down to was grown adults, which in my opinion, and we're going to go hard in the paint here, Kels. Okay. Grown adults, most of these people who have children who are pushing their kids towards this new LGBT, ABCDFG uh, lifestyle are really um, unhealthy themselves. They're mm -hmm. overweight. They watch the news all day um, and they have no community. They have no centralized support systems or other individuals. So they're looking to grab attention from pretty much anyone that will get it. Well, if you're 400 pounds and you eat Cheetos all day and you have a bunch of kids and you have no friends and then you go on TikTok and you dye your hair blue and then you get your four-year-old to say, I'm trans, all of a sudden you're getting, oh my God, that mother is so, oh my God, we're so proud of her. Like, oh, she's embracing. No, no, no. I don't know if you guys saw the TikTok video where the child was like, my mom is making me do this and called it out. And she whipped her head around and was like, no, I'm not. She's like, but you told us we have to be part of the LGBT. Like there's, it went viral. And so I did not see that. Yeah, oh, it was wow. a minute ago. But my point is, if this is your choice as a grown adult, fill your boots. I don't care. You want me to call you a purple rainbow? I'll call you purple rainbow all day long. I will respect your decisions as an adult to do whatever it is you want to do. People don't come down on me for deciding to go deploy when I was 19. People don't come down on the other individuals when they decide to literally go do anything else in the world. But for some reason we have, it's like we've blacked out. It's like, if you aren't a part of the community, then you're no one. And yeah. mm -hmm. it's unacceptable to be straight. 
It's unacceptable to be white. It's unacceptable to be a woman and say that only women can have babies. I mean, personally, I've pushed one out of my human body. I just fucking just, ah, like that, not that simple. <laughs> but I did, and I did it because I was born as a, uh, as a female, as a woman. And the front of my book, it says one woman's journey. And I was like, are we putting woman on the front of my cover of my book? And they're like, yes, we are. And I'm like, yes, we are. Based. The thing is, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't care at all. The thing is, <laughs> we, we should try to be prepared try to be protecting this younger generation because if they truly are deciding that they want to change their body if jack comes to me one day and says mom you know i'm 18 i'm 17 and i've really i've been thinking about it and i just i'm not feeling like i'm in the right body okay let's have that conversation i'll be compassionate i will be loving and i will support you no matter what i'm not the person who will kick the child out for being gay or for being whatever i don't care I do not care. I will love you no matter what, but what I don't love, what I really have a hard time with is when I go into my son's school and there is a section for four-year-olds, five-year-olds, six-year-olds and up that are just all pro-trans books that are mm -hmm. all propaganda material and the principals and the school have no issue with it. Have yeah, we yes. lost our common sense? Oh yeah, yeah. we certainly have. And it's just so fascinating how be being a victim is so cool in 2022. Ah. And that's part of the reason I think why so many white girls are transitioning to male because they are, you know, upper middle class. They don't really have any oppression points, so mm -hmm. to speak. So they go down the Tumblr rabbit hole. They realize that there's a way for them to find community and to be considered different and to be special. Um, and then of course it just goes down from there. And it's crazy that there are people online and adults are supposed to be looking out for children who are just looking like preying on weak children and targeting them specifically for this weird agenda. I, it's just so, it could like, oh, it just makes me so mad. It's just the most evil thing. It's the most evil thing in the world. Yeah, and like you use, you've both used the word community to describe these TikTok communities, but it's not really a community. Cult. It's, it's, a it's isolated digital community where you're only interacting and agreeing with people who are also blue haired, trans, yada, yada. Yeah. But the old school definition of community is people around you, right? Who might be different than you. Who walk through life with you. Exactly, too. but who are all different and you learn to live with each other and mm -hmm. you have some skills and they have some skills and you help each other and you're there for each other instead of the government and instead yeah. of TikTok. And these kids, like modern people think that their community is this weird, like, uh, stranger anonymous stranger online yeah yeah what are they? i'm my my brain but um micro what's it called i don't know so, uh, sorry when you're okay. your little demographic of people where you're like i'm trans disabled this and that uh peterson talks about it all the time well, it's basically you're you're defining yourself and, and you're yeah, putting yourself you're, yeah. in a box. And, and yeah. that's what's really troubling is that we we have taught our generation that it is acceptable to put ourselves in these boxes and that that is the only thing that you can be, that you cannot evolve or change or adapt or move on or learn or grow at that's all. Very rigid. Yeah. Incredibly rigid. And in the sense of um the rigidity comes down to people saying that you can't move outside of the space. And now mm -hmm because of what's going on and with the community, uh, the transgender community for so long, you now are starting to see people detransition. Um, there's a Navy SEAL who is now on his 
way back to becoming a male. And he, he's spoken on Rogan about it. He's spoken on uh, a few podcasts that I know, uh, Landon Starbucks and uh, Robbie Starbucks in uh, America. He's had this conversation with them, um, which was really troubling was he said this very clearly. I went in to when I was transitioning out of the military after being a SEAL for over 20 years, you know, these guys are no joke. They're terrifying individuals. They're the most loving you'll ever meet, but don't, don't mess with them. Like, you know, better. Mm. And mm. He said, like, I, after one meeting, I left with a piece of paper after one hour saying I was transgender and I could go get hormones. So it's, it's crazy. It's one so, meeting. It's crazy. And they yeah. always, the, they always try to tell us the the people on the other side who are in favor of this always say, no, 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 it's very difficult to transition. It requires therapy and et cetera and whatever else it is. And it's like, no, it's, it's nope. literally that easy. It's, yeah. it's the same. I mean, I'm sure it'll happen with MAID as well. Medical yeah. assistance and yes. dying. I'm sure it's maybe difficult now, but I'm sure they'll ease that up. It'll become it's, easier it's and easier. It's literally harder for women to pick a wedding dress. Yeah. Like you it's have like not multiple. Difficult. If that's not difficult either, but no, you know, have you ever seen say yes to the dress? Some of those women go like weeks and weeks and go try on hundreds of dresses. And it's like, why is that such a big decision? But you're literally letting your kid decide yeah. if they want to be a boy or a girl and I think in an hour. It's funny too, because these people always pretend to be so compassionate. Like you're not compassionate because you don't want your three-year-old to, you know, thinks it's a rainbow one day and then the next day decides it wants to be a boy or a girl mm -hmm. like they think they always think they're coming from a place of compassion they love your kid more than you do but they're not the people who are going to be there when your kid if your kid detransitions they're not going to be there when they're healing from their double mastectomy or mm -hmm. whatever other surgeries they get they're not going to be there it's going to be the parents that are there to pick up their broken children and it's just so like it's crazy that kids are being manipulated by this, but how how could they not be? Because they are, their frontal lobes aren't developed. And so it's just yeah. this weird thing that these people think they're coming from a place of love and you can't love someone else's kid more than they love their own kid. Like you mm -hmm. just can't, it's like inherent. I'm not a mom yet, but I just, ima I love my pug. I have a pug. <laughs> so okay. just... Listen, pugs are like children. They, they yeah. are needy and they need the cuddles. It's fine. And they're also just little <laughs> insecure things. Needy. Yes, they are. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's the honest to God truth is that if you were compassionate truly and you really were paying attention and you truly did care, well, then you would do what every parent is supposed to do when you have a child, put yourself in the backseat and go, what does this child need? Am I fulfilling them emotionally, physically? Are they being fed properly? What are they watching? How much are they moving their bodies? Are they having a hard time at school? Is somebody bullying them? Is this why they're feeling this way? But no, we've now told our doctors in Canada that it's unacceptable to ask about this or you'll lose your medical license, which mm -hmm. goes inherently to just disgusting behavior, telling a psychiatrist who has done this as a profession that you can't have this conversation. And I didn't know anything about this until Abigail Shriver went on Rogan and brought up her book. And now I've listened to that audio book. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. It's a great cover. It's a little girl with a irreversible damage. There she is. Yeah. Thank you. I <laughs> love that book. And I love that book because it compares um, the way this is happening and that it's a hundred percent increase. It just, it, it's statistically an anomaly. It's, it's like, 
it seems to be um, spreading the same way anorexics do on a ward. You never put anorexics on a ward together. I'm talking from a family experience. We know this from the medical. You never do it because there are conversations that can happen. And it is very much a, it is a mental social health contagion. issue, but it's a social yeah. contagion. And so it's, it's a very difficult thing to have a conversation with a parent about when it gets more difficult is when you start having to talk to your school and your teachers about why you don't want your child taught Soji. Do you guys understand Soji very much? No. I mean, I know the basic premise of it, basically. Is it an acronym? Yeah, it's like sexual education. Oh. In sexual schools. orientation and gender yeah. identification. And it's in Ontario mm -hmm. schools, Alberta schools, and British Columbia schools since over 2018, since back in 2018. And it's where they have a curriculum that teaches from kindergarten to grade 12 about sexual, your, your sexual self and whether if you want to transition and if that you can be anything you want to be um, and that you can decide to change halfway throughout the day. You know, a lot of times when I'd have these conversations with my psychiatrist when I came home from Afghanistan, I was always worried he was going to be like, you got a multiple personality or you got some weird shit going on. Like, but there is an aspect of like any other time 20 years ago, if somebody came to you and was like, Kat, I'm a boy today, but tomorrow I will be a girl. And uh, I want you to call me uh, they. You would look at them and go, I think we need to have a conversation about something mm -hmm. that's going on. And it's mm -hmm. not because you're feeling that way. It's because if you truly believe that, we need to have a conversation about this. Like from a loving, serious, compassionate standpoint. But it seems like, I don't even want to say the left, but this woke ideology has wrapped themselves around this and said, no, we're going to hold on to this and we're going to, we're going to, we're going to drive it forward. And no one seems to have an issue with it. Um, British Columbia schools, one on the Island, a couple months ago, a kindergarten class got sent home with a pamphlet on how to touch themselves and hide it from your parents. <gasps> so, oh. you know, kids know what they're doing. <laughs> you don't need to teach a kid to touch themselves but also kids are just not figure it out like you shouldn't be talking about you sexuality not, with no children. certainly not gosh time if they're not doing it then they're not old enough to do it right Correct. like i'm not a parent yet but i would think that once like if they're not already doing that you don't need a teacher to tell you a stranger effectively. so gross yeah oh my goodness Ugh. Well, listen disgusting. to me. If you have a boy, you'll start right around the four or five age. They start sleeping with their hand in their pants. Like it, it gets, it gets masculine quick and gross. That, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you didn't grow you out of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so can you guys tell me though, out of everything that you do on your show, what do you find it to be the most fulfilling and helpful? And what do you find people are gravitating towards you for? Because I know what I gravitate towards you for two women that are powerful and have a voice and that care truly and deeply about the world that they're going to be raising children and pugs in and want to see it safe and healthy and happy, but want to leave the door open for conversation. So tell me what you guys are truly doing. Cause that's what I view you as. Well, that's very, flattering. yeah, that's very generous. Um, I think for me, I think maybe I can speak for both of us. I think our favorite, most fulfilling thing to do is the comedy side, mm -hmm. because for, for me, um, speaking about something really serious, like people say comedy is tragedy plus timing. So for mm -hmm. us, it's like, these are made is tragic. The medical assistance and death 
or dying is, is tragic. And what they're doing to children, we have another sketch about little kids learning that they're all gay and that they can be whatever gender they want. And of course a boy can have, a girl can have a penis. So that's tragic, but the timing is, this is what's happening right now. And it's, it's literally going on in schools, in prisons, in colleges. And people don't know about it. Exactly. So for me, if, if we could speak to the whole world through comedy and actually change hearts and minds that way, that would be the most fulfilling to me. Mm-hmm. We haven't yet gone viral, gone viral doing that. And, yeah. you know, it's a hit or miss with comedy. That's the thing. Like <clears throat> you never know how it's going to be. We always talk about though, they're not necessarily supposed to be funny. They're just supposed to be a bit out like pointed and a bit yeah. like, to add that shock value. And I think part of the reason why it's our favorite, cause I agree it's, it's my favorite part is because it, it's a way to actually reach hopefully everyone. I mean, we're obviously not doing that quite yet, but everyone likes comedy. If you don't, that's a whole, (laughs) I don't know. Um, But um, it's something that everyone can connect on and it's, we're in such a polarizing time. So if people can come together and laugh at something kind of stupid, or maybe if it just poses like, like put something into a new perspective, but because it's kind of ridiculous and outrageous, then I feel like we've done our job. Yeah. I think the idea is someone comes across something like that, that's easy to digest and it, they don't feel the same way as we do. And they maybe spark something in their mind that they're like, huh, or plant a seed. Yeah. Like I never, it doesn't maybe necessarily change your mind, but you're like, Hmm, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way because we do our show. It's about 45 minutes and people like it and they watch it, but they're, and that's the same people. They're all, they probably already felt this way before watching our show. And like you mentioned, they feel less alone and they feel like they're, they have a more of a community and that is, so powerful but like we if we want to make those people feel even less alone we need to bring in more people we need to change hearts and minds so i think if you have something funny that's digestible that you can plant a seed in someone's mind that you're like hmm, i never thought about that way i'm gonna think about that mm-hmm. and then it trickles down and then eventually they're watching the show full time because they're yeah they're, they're watching your show too exactly you know yeah, they mostly watch our show for the men listen Uh, we got to change that (laughs) well i can't help it i mean most of the time uh, i probably say i'd say 80 percent of our guests at this point have been either special operators or actors or writers I, i speak with a lot of writers and they just happen to be male i i one of the only females in my space that are doing it. so it's different most of the people come to listen to war stories about how somebody killed somebody for the first time it's not really they're like going for a super compassionate like world worldview thoughts i mean once in a <laughs> while i go on tangents and then they're stuck listening to it because they clicked on the episode and this is your life now but i think <laughs> i think that's what's great is you two are very honest and open individuals but you you make people look at a different perspective. And at the end of the day, you cannot learn, you cannot grow unless you are being given something different to look at that can provoke a different thought. And if you can get someone's attention with comedy, like comedy is one of my favorite things in the world. And the reason being is because in the military, when things go really, really bad, and they do all the time, we use dark humor to get through it. Like there was an individual, my husband said, oh, my husband saw a reel recently. And he goes, uh, he was like, somebody was on a podcast. He was telling a story about when um, their Humvee blew up and one of his uh, staff members had lost all of his left side, like left arm, left leg. And he walked over to him and wasn't like, you good, buddy. He was like, you'll be all right. All right. (laughs) 
Oh gosh, <laughs> that's witty. That's that's very clever in, in the I, heat of the moment. Listen, but that's what comedy does. Comedy takes horrific situations and things that are so hard to deal with, and it gives you a moment of peace, and it takes your brain out of that fight or flight, and it takes your brain out of this dark depression. Like it's comedy heals, and mm. I love comedy so much for that. There's a there's a group that uh, did did something along those lines. They're called Vet TV and they they do really, I mean, I don't watch very much anymore. They go a little far, but they do some really nasty, like overseas, dark humor, real aggressive stuff. I don't, I mean, you two would not. <laughs> and I, my, my point in all of this is that you've got people that are willing to talk about things that are normally taboo or normally not something you guys could say. And you do it in a way that makes people pause. Pause is one of the greatest things you can give someone when they're going through something. It stops that cyclical cycle of everything's wrong. The world is falling apart. I don't know what to do. Depression. Oh my God. I don't know if I can live. Maybe I can't live. I'm going to kill myself. That is a real, 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 real thing. And I'm glad that you both come at it from a comedic standpoint. I think it's a matter of time, in my opinion, before you go viral. I know (laughs) for us, I know for a fact that you are the first people in America and Canada that have joked about or had conversations about made. Um, neither, I have never seen it anywhere else. No one else is having this conversation. No one else is taking it seriously. They're talking about it in the media because they have to, not because they want to and, and, and not because they want to expand on it. Both of you doing that clip like, I hope you're comfortable, but I'll be reposting that clip when we of pop course. your episode out next week, because thank you. <laughs> I want people to, you're welcome, but I want people to see that number one, something serious is going on in Canada and it's really dark. Um, this is not the country I decided to fight for. This is not the country I love. I, I'm pretty like sad about it. If I'm being transparent, yeah. I'm a little heartbroken. I'm a little taken back. I'm a little concerned. I'm a lot concerned, but mainly I'm, I'm super disappointed. You know, I'm really disappointed in, in our culture right now. We, we go from killing thousands of babies to hiding their graves, to not talking about that in the media to not expressing it in America. So no one even knew about it when I went down to events last year, which blew my mind. Um, then we go to abandoning Canadians in a war zone who helped us, worked with us, um, not answering their phone calls, having them hunted down by the Taliban to a snap election that was very clearly not good in my opinion to running SOGI programs, blocking doctors from having conversations with patients to force vaccinations, to layoffs, to recession, to, to quite literally the crumble of a democracy while watching the CCP walk in and take it all away. Mm-hmm. Can you guys give me something to look forward to in this country? Cause right now I'm feeling a little stuck. Yeah, I mean the government kind of hates us. With like, just, well, that doesn't answer her question. Yeah, I know <laughs> the the list. It's, I mean, well, it's so true. Um, I think like 
finding new people that are speaking the same truths that we see mm-hmm. um and exposing every time we do an episode and every time you do an episode i'm sure you get one more eyeball and i think that's just something like slowly slowly chipping it's away a slow burn yeah at you know opening people's eyes and you're not going to change people's minds overnight but i think just like doing what you're doing is incredibly important and we are going to lump ourselves in with that and we're uh, hoping yeah. that every time we post something one more person sees it one more person shares it mm-hmm. and slowly we're going to beat back the crazy tsunami that is the woke culture and uh you know christmas is coming up too so that's <laughs> so, yeah to look forward to. i mean it's it's interesting because i i hear you i i think that it the country is in a dire state i think it's been in a really bad place for a long time and it's just kind of it seems like everything's really bubbled to the surface right now especially with right especially with made and everything but i think i feel hopeful because of our like my faith i mean i'm i keep my eyes fixed on eternity i find that really gives me peace and helps me to kind of just trudge on because i know that like there is there's more to this life there has to be a reason for everything that's going on so that's something that really motivates me and gives me peace i don't know i can't speak for you but i know that yeah that's a part of it and also like just you know, I'm not, I'm pretty new in my Christianity. Um, but one of the things that I love about going to church on Sundays is I see regular human beings who are not caught up in this woke culture whatsoever. And there's kids and they're like happy Mm -hmm. and they're running around and and there's like, Oh, we are doing this drive for the community. It's like, yes, we can help each other. We can love each other. We can uplift each other. And I don't see that anywhere else really i see forced uh communities i see i see people saying oh the government should tax more because these people need help it's like sure we should help those people we absolutely should but do you need the government to force you through the strong arm of the law to help people and to admit to to be gracious and donate your time and your money i don't so for me like in just a very shallow way being a christian has physically brought me to a place where I'm like, ah, oh, like Twitter is not the world. There no. are people yeah. out there with families and they're, some are struggling and yep. some are helping those people who are struggling and we're all coming together. And it's like, that gives me hope because those people are happy and they're, they're yeah. trying and they're still, they're, they're a community. And a they're countercultural in a exactly. way because there's nothing more revolutionary, I feel like, than having a kid <laughs> in this like and mm-hmm. raising them up to be strong and and bold and yeah. you know just brave i think that there's like that that's the most mm-hmm. badass thing i think yeah someone and hearing can about do. your son yeah that gives someone like me hope yeah. because i'm i'm about to give birth and i'm like i'm worried about what it, what kind of world am i bringing my child into and it's like it's okay like that my kid's gonna have parents who love them her probably mm-hmm. and she's going to be just fine because your kid sounds like he's doing great and if they have strong parents like who like you said ask what they're learning look at what they're watching are they getting enough exercise like the more people that do that the better and Mm -hmm. i think that something like that gives me hope for sure Mm -hmm. well i'm glad to hear that because my god do we ever put the effort in because you have to now because if you don't it it's a slippery slope and it happens quickly and when you start putting your chip like the best thing you could ever do in my personal opinion take this as parenting advice if throw it out i don't care but i'm going to give it to you (laughs) 
um, the best thing you can do is put your daughter in a martial art. No one's going to mess yes, with her. Yes, I've already daughter. decided 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's there's something to that. That creates another set of community. That's a very different, you know, I did discipline. that for- I did yeah. that from four to 19. And I'll tell you right now, it's the only thing that kept me away from being like the rest of the school was. And it, and it mm-hmm. works. My, I literally could, and I hope that we can have you both back on um, frequently because I could do this for hours and hours and hours with you. But I know that you do have a short time frame, So I want to ask one last question. And it really is, what is the goal for this show for you two? Where do you want to be? What do you want to see? Can you kind of tell me, and the universe at the same time, what are you trying to achieve? Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because we obviously created the show with the intention of reaching young people. And unfortunately, we haven't, I don't think we've done that. When we look at our stats, it's still a lot of men who watch our show, which is it's yeah not what we were aiming at no and we appreciate all of our male mm-hmm. supporters who propose to us in our youtube comments <laughs> and all that it's great um but <laughs> it would be nice i think to reach like young people are so lost and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's tragic they don't know they don't know what to do or where to go because they're they're being thrown so many lies as you mentioned before in the media and everything so i think if we could really try to target them yeah. and, and capture those people i really think that's when we'll start to see more change as well like when we were just talking about hope i think that we need to reach young people they're the future of this country they're the future of the world they're our future whatever so i think that's really where we want to take it and that's why we're not going to shut up about celebrities even though the boomers want us to yeah <laughs> because that's what these kids are paying attention to so if we can if we can try to be cool and make yeah. conservatism cool You're like hey kids yeah, yeah let's talk about kim kardashian but also let's talk about personal responsibility yeah family values <laughs> yeah. Christianity, just let it in there you know just you know <laughs> just pepper I it agree in with you though totally. yeah that's a good point that i sometimes forget about because i just think week to week how are we gonna what are we gonna talk about how are we gonna get it done edit she writes all the copy put it out and then start again for the next week but yes long term we're trying to reach young people yeah and that's a, a challenge for us because we're getting older every day yeah it's true <laughs> yeah i think that's probably it yeah i don't know <laughs> well Changes. listen when you start doing more psychedelics you'll realize that this is just a blip in the time frame you've got lots of time this isn't it this isn't isn't everything you've got plenty of time you've got so much time and at the end of the day i think there's plenty of people that resonate with the younger people it's just about the eyes it's just about getting the eyes and i think you both have what it takes to do that i just think it takes time and i mean i'll be completely honest with you the way that you two go about everything it resonates it does and anybody who says it doesn't hasn't watched it or is completely lying to your face and doesn't want to tell you that it resonates because it makes them sad that it does it does and it matters and it makes a difference. And I do hope that you keep pushing along this path. I would like to see a resurrection of InfoHorse, but that's me because I, I, know. I think that is hilarious. It's hilarious. I didn't come up with the name though. So I, oh, well, we'll, <laughs> but we'll steal it. It's fine. Know. Don't worry about it. Maybe that. we'll just steal it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> And it's stolen. It's over. We've made an executive decision. It's stolen. It's part of you again. I just think it's brilliant. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Just part of your life now, ladies. I, (laughs) 
I'm, I, like I said, I'm optimistic, uh, for your guys's future. And I think you guys should be too, because you bring something special to the table that a lot of conservatives don't, which is that levity and that ability to joke about things. When I have conversations with Jack Posebeck, we're not really like joking around about like the WEF <laughs> and his arrest. <laughs> or it's so not... funny. <laughs> I know. And like when Morgan Zeggers and I are talking about God, like there's, we're like Jack and I had a conversation about Jesus and he's like, well, you can agree. Right. And I was like, I Jack, I can't. He's like, but you can. And it's I was intense. Like, yeah, but that's okay. So am I. Most people just match the energy. It's, it's fine. But my point is, is you guys have got something different. And, you know, I, I'm honest about it. I, I did Catholic school my whole life. I did the, all the way up, went through the thing, did the church, did the everything. And because of the way I was raised with it, I, I lost faith in that. I really did completely. And I'll be completely transparent about it. I did because then once you go serve in a war zone, you're like, how can this we just want a kid die for no reason to throw rocks at her face? Cause she looked at him. What, how mm -hmm. are we doing this? And then you realize that there's more. And then you start diving into psychedelics and go, Oh, there's God. It's just how you choose to see it. Not, not the way it's, it's not packaged the way it should be for everyone. Everybody sees God differently. And you two look at Christianity in a, in a way that is, it's not acceptable is the wrong word, in a way that people can accept and you're respectful about it. You're not pushy about it. You're saying you can be a conservative, but you don't have to be, go to church every day. You don't have to do this. You don't have to wear long dresses. You don't have to, you can, you can joke. You can have conversations. Oh my God, you can be funny. Holy shit. It's, it's real. People are funny and yeah. you do that. Well, thank, well, thank you. you. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Nobody's ever complimented us this much. I know. My head's going to get like, even Ooh. bigger. <laughs> no. You need to get better people around you then. Listen, you are the sum of the five people around you. You should be picking people that only lift you up, make you feel good, help you feel amazing at what you do, and constantly tell you how important what you're doing is and how much it is mattering to the rest of us. And if you don't have those, just call me. I'm right here. Yeah. Perfect. I yeah. love that. Prepare to be called a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's it's fine. Have a mute button. It'll move on. So tell me, <laughs> tell me where uh and our listeners where they can start following you, proposing to you, questioning your everything, and listening to your mm -hmm. amazing comedy. Um, yeah, so our show is on Rebel News Plus, so it airs every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. You can subscribe if you want at misunderstoodshow.ca. It's like eight bucks a month, but the show also comes out for free a few days later yeah. on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey, so it's just Misunderstood Show. Um, and then you can also, so you can subscribe there, and then we also have social media, TikTok, Instagram. Um, I think it's just, Misunderstood Show yeah. for both of those. And then our personal Twitter and yeah instagram as but like well. if you go to watch misunderstood.com yeah you find like pretty much everything yeah all the free content yeah all yeah. the free content goes there so if you just look up misunderstood or misunderstood show you'll find us hopefully it's all pink look for the it's pink. just a lot of pink yeah, pink. yeah i do so. love that even though it's pink behind you there i'm there's saucers there's ufo there's <laughs> the UFO. It's like, <laughs> like it's Listen, I, I've had the head of NASA's uh, Jet Propulsion Lab on before, and we had conversations about aliens. And so anytime you two are ready to have that conversation, please. I am ready. 
I'm interested. I'm very ready. I'm very open-minded. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you should be. I mean, come on. Where, Hello. Where like, else? we're obviously not the only intelligent life in the universe. That's crazy. Uh, we, the three of us might be. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just... This is, like, the first time anybody's called me, like, super intelligent. So I'm going to take it and I'm going to run with it. I'm going to end it there because I think it's amazing. Do it. <laughs> um, but honestly, ladies, it's been a true honor to have you on the show. I do hope that everybody else goes and checks out Misunderstood show uh rebel it is honestly it's informative if if it's anything to you it is comedic it is informative um your blitz please is is if you don't have time to go and watch the show i highly highly recommend go at least watch those clips they will bring levity to your day and they will also inform and educate you in a way that you probably weren't expecting which is like sneaky smart um <laughs> and uh, everyone else will put everything in the show notes where you can find cat and nat on misunderstood show and with rebel and thank you rebel thank you ladies for being on you guys stick with me everyone else we'll see you all next week Thank you.